0: From Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the EdTech Chat Podcast, taking the pulse of educators from all over the globe and bringing what you need every week. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello, and welcome to episode 24 of the EdTech Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm thrilled to have your support. I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Thank you for your questions that you continue to send in. This week, I wanted to discuss one question from Fee Morrison in Australia. She asked, as a teacher who's constantly learning and interested about the future i'm curious as to how one gets into the job of educational consulting is it an entrepreneurial venture where you start out on your own or do you join a company as an ed tech consultant thank you for your question fee after getting my primary teaching degree and teaching and working in leadership roles in new zealand for eight years i moved to singapore about nine years ago now to embark on the next exciting opportunity for me traveling and exploring the world was a priority So when an opportunity came to teach at an international school here, I snapped it up. I'll talk a little more about international school teaching in next week's episode, as I always get asked about this, so tune in next week to learn more about international school teaching. Moving from public education to private education in Singapore was a huge challenge, but opportunities were everywhere. Having started my Twitter Professional Learning Network, or PLN, a year before moving, I was already well connected to inspirational people from all over the globe on arrival in singapore i started my role and immediately jumped at any opportunities to speak at local conferences and of course share my passion with colleagues both in my school and neighboring schools for four years i built my twitter pln and connected to more than twenty thousand people at that stage as i used it for my core source of learning and growing because i could do it when i wanted and how i wanted this started creating more opportunities as i was blogging and sharing my passions and daily tech interactions with my class and school and publishing it to the world. As I continued to learn and grow, I found more opportunities and successfully got a tech director role at a large 3,200 student American international school here in Singapore. Over the four years in this role, I continued to grow my PLN, connect, collaborate and say yes. As a yes guy, I jumped at any opportunity and started traveling to speak and after a lot of positive feedback, I got asked to keynote my first conference working full-time as a tech director and working part-time as a consultant was too much and something had to give i decided that i would move into full-time consultancy i had built my profile to a point where i was connected to forty thousand educators from all over the world i had great opportunities to speak and lead professional learning and with my wife working full-time financially we were stable enough to take the risk in june of 2019 i left my school and officially started ignite edtech my consultancy company I had spent the previous six months connecting with my network on Twitter and LinkedIn, locking in dates all over the world to lead professional learning, continued to grow myself with certifications, and took on anything and everything to fill my calendar. The next 18 months, which brings us to today, were incredibly busy and rewarding, and it helped me refine and truly understand what it was that I was passionate about. The journey has been a fantastic one but one that hasn't been all smooth sailing, and it's important to work yourself into a position where you can be successful. Just like I do with the schools and edtech companies I work with now, anyone interested in consultancy needs to understand the importance of strategy when building a business in this way. Think about short, mid, and long term, and set goals to achieve what you want. As a consultant in education, here are a few tips. Number one, choose your niche area. What are you passionate about? What are your strengths? Number two, know your why. Why do you want to do it? And why would people want your help? Number three, ignore the haters. Do what you do and aim to make a difference. Ignore negativity and stick to what you believe in. Number four, change mindsets around the perception of consultants. As a teacher and leader for 15 years, I often saw consultants as out of touch with how to teach in the classroom and support schools because I perceived that they hadn't worked in one for many years. I couldn't now disagree more. Now that I'm a consultant, I'm connected with people all over the world. I stay more up-to-date than ever before. I work with parents, teachers, leaders, and students in many different contexts, and I make a difference outside of the small bubble that was my school. I'm more connected to the real world of teaching and learning on a global scale than I ever was before. Number five, network, network, network. Staying connected online and involving myself in social networks has helped me connect, engage and stay ahead of the game. Number six, say yes. In the 12 months leading up to leaving my full-time job, I said yes. I started talking to people. I did pro bono work and I got my name out there. Let the world know what you're doing and don't be afraid to ask for help. People like me are always here to help you on your journey. So please don't hesitate to ask just like Fee did on this podcast. Being a consultant is a real possibility for anyone passionate about making a difference on a larger scale. Make sure that you know your why, you've thought through your goals, and you understand the risks. But most importantly, jump at opportunities because it is amazing. Fee, thank you so much for your question, and I hope we can chat sometime soon about your journey and what you're looking to embark on in the future. For more details about Ignite EdTech, my consultancy company, please visit igniteedtech.com. The link is in the description below. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is QuickTime. QuickTime Player is a super simple way to play videos and record screencasts on your MacBook. You can also record your own movies and audio and make quick edits. Edits include basic actions like flipping the video and splitting clips. Besides just watching videos, you can record a screencast of a lesson and flip your classroom, or record a lesson in progress for absent students to watch when they return. The whole class can use the video for review at the end of a unit. You can also assess students' digital work and provide audio feedback. Students can record themselves making observations during a science lesson, demonstrating the steps in a math problem, or practicing their speaking fluency. While QuickTime Player comes bundled with Mac OS... The Windows version is no longer supported by Apple. As with all screencasting and video creation tools, make sure students know about the sharing options and when it's appropriate to share publicly. It's also a good idea to help students understand the consequences of sharing personally identifiable information online. I highly recommend that you take a look at QuickTime, the link is in the description below. Enjoy! Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Penel Rip. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Penel Rip. You might know her from Twitter as at Penel Rip. is an engaging and authentic social sharer across a variety of content areas, but in particular. Literacy and Technology Integration. Peniel is a Danish educator living in the US and is the creator of the Global Read Aloud, a global literacy initiative. She's an author, speaker, and engages audience from all over the world. Peniel, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration?
1: yes i am pleasure to be here
0: all right let's go why don't you start by describing your current role and what inspires you to do what you do
1: my current role is a seventh grade english teacher in a small district called oregon wisconsin right outside of madison wisconsin and i love my job i cannot do what i do without the incredible students that i get to take care of every single day And that will always be my inspiration, the kids that are in front of me or virtually in front of me as they are right now, pushing me to be a better teacher and pushing me to question my own practices. And so for me, it's just been a long journey of asking a lot of questions and then sitting back in silence and listening to the kids in front of me and just saying, how can I make this better for you? And what can we do to change the world, how we see it and our role in it? And so that's where I get my inspiration from. I also get inspiration from my own four kids. I have an 11 year old, two seven year olds and a six year old. And the way that they're growing up and seeing the world and the things that they're questioning definitely pushes me in both my own classroom, but also in how we do education to kids and how we lose the kids in education and what we can do instead to make sure that education truly becomes a tool for liberation, as many would say, rather than a tool of oppression.
0: And I can just hear in your voice, Peniel, just how excited you are about being in education and being an educator to support the next generation of learners. And that really gets me excited as well. What excites you about education today? I think
1: something that really comes up for me a lot is that it seems like so i've been an educator for 12 years now which is still just baby years but the focus back to the individual students and how the focus should really be on the child first and what they need and then our job is along with the child to figure out how are we going to make learning work for you and how are we going to get you engaged and how can we create equitable and accessible spaces where you feel safe and valued and accepted. And so when I think about the global conversations that are happening now, not just because of the global pandemic we're in, but in, in general, and that had been happening for a long time, what excites me is that I feel like there's a much bigger focus on the well wellness of the child. And I'm not talking kind of the fad stuff of social, emotional and all of that, but really looking at the child, putting them at the center of everything and going, what can we do to give them their voice back. What can we do to bring them in and give them control back over what's happening? How can we get them to reinvest? And I see technology play an integral part in that, right? Because we can't be everything for every child at every second. So, how can we use tools that will still give them freedom and time to explore? So, when I see spaces, giving back this, the voices or g- giving space to voices that we have really been excluding or not listening to, that's really, really exciting
0: to me. And your passion for getting kids engaged and learning didn't stop there. It, it sort of led to the creation of what is the Global Read Aloud. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and how did you come about that and what inspired you to start it? Oh
1: yeah, I I certainly can. I wish it was like a great creation story of how I wanted to create this massive global literacy project, but that's really not what it was. It came out of me wanting to be a better teacher and wanting to bring in more relevant and timely experiences for my students. And we were listening to the radio broadcast here in the U.S. on NPR and they were talking about Neil Gaiman. And I turned it up because I love Neil Gaiman and uh, And I said, you know, they were talking about a global book club, one book, one world. And they were reading American Gods and using Twitter for people to respond. And uh, as the story goes, I turned to my husband and I said, someone should do that for kids. And he said, why don't you? And the good news was that I had no idea what I was getting myself into. But immediately I thought of the students that were coming to me that year, the fourth graders I was teaching at that time and how incredible it would be if they got to connect with other kids around the world so that we could discuss all the differences that we saw in the world. And yet, as the Global read aloud then started, and now it's been, it's going into its 11th year this year, and it's grown from the, I think, 200 kids that did it the first year to millions of kids every year. I've realized now that what we don't need so much is to see all the differences. We should definitely celebrate and see those, but we also need to see where we're alike. Because right now, a lot of the things that we see as different are triggers for people to make us afraid of each other. And so for me, when I think of the Global Read Aloud, it really has allowed kids to just find a natural way to connect within their classrooms and to share these experiences and also therefore share their own experiences. Because when we can see how we're the same, then we can also start to appreciate how we're different and how that's a strength. And so for me, I'm glad I didn't know that it would become this massive global initiative and all of these people would use it as an integral part of their, of their classrooms, because if I had known that, I would have never dared to do it. Because I would have said, surely someone else who knows what they're doing and whose rightful place it is to lead a project like this will come along and do this. But that's the thing. I think from my own students, I have learned that the best thing to do is simply to try. And that we as teachers need to be just as fearless as we ask our students to be. Because we ask our students all the time, just take a risk, just try, I'm here to catch you, it's okay but we forget to do that in our own teaching. And that's why we need to have that symbiotic relationship with the students who will say, it's okay if you screw up because it shows us you're human, and then we're gonna fix it and make it better together.
0: And what an incredibly powerful thing you have created here, Peniel, just from that one opportunity. And my work is predominantly with schools and ed tech companies from all over the world. And one of the best pieces of advice I give to schools when I'm talking about global collaborations is to get involved in the global read-aloud. It's become one of those things that's just so easy to share about because it sells itself. It's an opportunity for the kids to be able to connect and engage with other people from all over the world and learn while they're doing it. What's your best advice for educators knowing all of this about their general use of ed tech? In classroom.
1: I think keeping it simple right and stupid I, in, in a way because there's so much being thrust upon educators as there has been for years and also upon the lives of students and so finding a few tools that work really well. To create change within your classroom and also to allow for collaboration and connection beyond your classroom. One of the things that I'll ask students is, How do you want to impact the world? Because a lot of my students are already sitting with incredible t- technology access to the world and not thinking about the impact that they have whenever they push something out on their social media platforms. So it's it's easy to get caught up in the newest and the best and the and the most and all of these tools but instead i would create a natural dialogue going, okay, what is it we want to do here? How are we going to use technology to enhance what we're doing? And how can I make it manageable for not just for me, the adult, but also for the kids that we're putting into this. And so I always tell people, find one or two things that you want to to play with, and that enhances what you're already doing. Because that's the thing with the global read aloud as well. It's meant to fit into people's current plans for literacy and not become yet one more thing to do. And so I I look for the same in technology tools. How can I connect my students in meaningful ways, both within their own community, but also with the ones outside of our walls? So
0: let's continue on with that theme then. Point us to an edtech tool that you currently love using in your classroom or your day-to-day work.
1: I am in love with Mote, M-O-T-E, which is this new voice extension on Chrome and Firefox that allows me to leave voice feedback for my students. And as I was thinking about your question, I was like, oh, there's so many things I could say, but this one truly is making a difference in my life right now, because one of the things that I know my students miss is the communication that we no longer have in our classrooms. And as we move into this world where we're not quite sure what education will look like because it might change, I think about how can we bring our emotions back into the community because it doesn't feel the same when you sit and type feedback. So this tiny little extension which is free allows me to record up to a minute at a time my voice and it's a very easy tool to use and for my students I've noticed that so many more of them are responding to that feedback because it came from me rather than just something that I sat down and typed.
0: I love that. And it's something I've seen in my Twitter feed recently from, um, A good friend and colleague of mine, Tim Evans, and he shared this uh, moat as well and uh, examples of it being used in his school in Hong Kong. And it's a fantastic way of connecting and engaging the kids in that feedback loop as well. I mentioned Professional Learning Network, the one that I tend to go to and use automatically is Twitter. Tell us a little bit about your choice of PLN and where do you engage and who should we be connecting with?
1: There's so many that have really pushed and inspire my thinking on a day-to-day basis. And I think Twitter for me is also at the heart of that um, as far as just finding out resources, but more importantly, finding voices that I don't have access to within my normal day-to-day work and really getting my ideas pushed. So a couple of communities that bring a lot of inspiration to me is the Disrupt Text community, created, uh, of course, by four incredible fearless women. Also, just the global literacy community um, overall. I think in America in particular, it's easy to become very US-centric when it comes to our literature choices because there's so much, it's such a flood. And so being connected to educators around the world, that can help me see beyond the American literature, also clear the air, and really any of the people who are on social media um, and, and, and fearlessly, or maybe not so fearlessly, but doing it anyway, just sharing their voices, especially those voices that have typically been either marginalized or oppressed or just completely ignored has given me so much to 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 wrestle with in a good way and has really pushed my thinking and that's why i think so too when i tell people you know get connected, it's not so much about which tool you use to get connected, but it's the people that you're connecting with, who's going to push your thinking and not just create another cognitive think bubble where we all sit and pat each other on the shoulder and say, we're the best, whose voices are missing in your professional development and then seek those out and support those people it's the same advice i give my students it's a question we pursue all year it's on our whiteboard it simply says whose voices are missing and how does that impact our understanding of the world and that's something i live by myself so i'm so grateful for all of the incredible free and not free resources shared on twitter and even just the little thoughts that are pushed out meant to get you excited and engaged and thinking about the world in a different way.
0: Yeah, that ability to connect and learn in so many different ways is so powerful. And I mean, as an educator myself and a teacher now for more than 15 years, learning is incredibly important to me, just like every listener here today. Um, Tell us about a book or resource that you've been reading lately or just one of your all-time favorites and tell us why we should be exploring it.
1: So a book that I have repeatedly handed to as many people as I can and and recommended is Carla Shallaby's Troublemakers, which is really just a study of four children that she followed over a year. It's not a book of solutions, but it's a book of questions. And it makes us question our own practices when it comes to the safe handling of those children who we typically send out of our rooms who we typically put on this path towards suspension and expel- expulsion in our schools especially here in america and carla just questions it and allows us to go on this ride with her to see how we would react in these situations and also allows us to really take that really hard look inside and go oh my gosh, I'm doing these same things. One that I've been handing to a lot of students, and that's also a global read aloud choice for next year, and that has really impacted me, is also um, stamped racism, anti-racism, and you, where Jason Reynolds um, remixed Dr. Kendi's incredible work stamped, and it follows the 600 years of racism, and Jason Reynolds has brought it into a conversational tone that doesn't shy away from just the hardness of the topic and the atrocities that have been committed and it has allowed me to really hand a book to a lot of my students who are not living um with you know they're they're living in this racist world without recognizing their own part, part in it, much like much, much like a lot of people are. And so it's really bringing forth some powerful conversations, both internally for me, but also externally with children that I hand the book to.
0: And not only that, do you engage in learning, created the Global Read Aloud, teach a class every day. You do so much for so many people that you've also written your own books. Tell us a little bit about them. What inspired you and why should we read them? Well, I think the books just
1: became um, an extension of what I'd already done on my blog which was saying this isn't hard you can go on this path as well. I know I sat in my classroom for many years waiting for the experts to show up and, and show me how it was done but the only way that those experts showed up in my classroom was when I went and read their books because I wasn't going to conferences or I didn't have the money to go and learn directly from them. And so when I started to play around with the idea of gathering my own thoughts, more than anything, I wanted other teachers to be able to pick up any of my books and go, wait a minute, she did this. It isn't a one size fits all system. There are ways that we can re-engage our students by bringing their voices back into the classroom. Here's how she's done it. Here's how she screwed up. And here's how she's changed her practice. And now I can go and try some of these same, same things, but I can also go and do it my own way really just moving, um, you know, towards that goal of more student engagement and student empowerment. And so for me, I wanted to write really accessible books that also painted the absolute real portrait of what it feels like to be a teacher, of what it feels like to spend hours planning and sometimes years coming up with solutions that don't work. And how humbling it is to recognize that the best professional development we have are the students sitting right in our classrooms. And yet we so often leave the their voices out. And so all of my, I have four books out, I'm tinkering on a fifth, we'll see what happens with it. And I mean, very early tinkering. But I keep thinking about how can I allow others and help others see the power that the students bring to our classrooms in whatever practice we have and and, and give them a roadmap so that they can take their own steps or continue on the path that they're already on and also give them resources that they can go and try and adapt and make their own and give them people that can potentially inspire them like they've inspired me. And so it is quite a gift to be able to say, well, I wrote about it here, go read it but it was never intended to be teach like Perneal. It was always like, here's my story. Now go make your own and go ask your students and help them uh, shape the world that you want to be in.
0: Peniel, you've given us so much amazing advice and so many recommendations that I know myself and our listeners are going to go away very busy and with a full brain going away to think about things. If you're listening to this, all of the links that Peniel has talked about are in the show notes. So just look below and you can click straight through into all of those. Peniel, how about you leave us by Telling us the best way that the listeners can connect and engage with you. Well,
1: it turns out my name is incredibly googlable. I, I don't think there are other perennial Rips that I've come across. So, um, my website is PernilleSRip.com, but also on Twitter it's Pernille Rip, Instagram Rip, where I do all my book recommendations. I think I have thousands up there by now. And uh, and honestly, if you're ever in Wisconsin, if this is where I stay, we're we're thinking about heading international once my husband graduates this year with a teaching degree as well Um, but for now I'm in Oregon Wisconsin and if you're ever around room 203 you're more than welcome come meet my students and they'll tell you um, what it feels like to be a student in my classroom because honestly their voices are always going to be more important than what I have to say so but reach out connect you're not alone we're in this together and I'll gladly help and share and and offer my support in any way possible
0: Peniel, thank you so much for your time tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Next week, join me for episode 25 of the EdTech Chat podcast when I'm joined by Michael Drezek and Kelly Hollis. One of the things I love doing is giving away prizes as a thank you for tuning in, listening, and hopefully subscribing to the Tech Chat podcast. Last week, I gave away an hour of free consultancy support from my newly announced team of incredible educators at Ignite EdTech. To win, you needed to complete the form at bit.ly slash edtechwin. The winner has already been contacted directly by me, and it is David Sampson. Congratulations, David. This week, I'm giving away one of Penel Rip's books. To win the book, you need to go to bit.ly slash edtechwin and complete the simple form. It'll take you less than a minute to complete. The link is in the description below. Competition closes on Wednesday the 21st of October, and the winners will be contacted directly by me and announced on next Friday's podcast episode. Good luck. If you enjoyed today's episode, smash that subscribe button and share it with your colleagues, friends, and families. I really do appreciate your support. Please remember to take two minutes as well to rate the podcast, so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Please share your favorite parts of today's episode by tagging me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And don't hesitate to ask me questions that I can answer in an upcoming episode. Remember, you have the chance to win as well, so check out the links in the description for more. I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the EdTech Chat Podcast, creating a community for educators to learn, share, and grow. If you like today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at MrKempNZ. We'll see you again soon.